Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. So it was sad to watch, but you could sort of see it unfolding in real time. The women's tennis team sees its season come to an end. It was a great year, but the Bulls simply could not sustain the form that had them edging into the top 50 nationally. Remember, about two months ago, UCF was actually the only ranked women's tennis team in the entire conference. The ITA quote-unquote rankings start at number 75. Well, once the Bulls started to string some wins together, they got into that top 75. Now you look up and SMU actually ascended even more rapidly into the top spot in the league in the top 40 nationally. But the Bulls, once they got that winning streak going, it was a Interesting weekend. They got beat at home by Louisiana Tech, but in early March took down Toledo, which was an 8-2 and two team. That got the Bulls to 500. They were below 500 before embarking on a seven-match winning streak and then taking 9 of 10, the last two of which were wins against conference opponents, Houston and Tulane. Then they finished up the regular season with losses to UCF and Memphis, and sort of the mitigating factor, at least we thought was a mitigating factor, against the Bulls was the fact that they didn't have their number two player, Grace Schumacher. Well, Memphis beat them without Schumacher this past Saturday in Tampa and over in Orlando at the USTA National Courts on Thursday afternoon. Beat the Bulls with Schumacher back in the lineup. It did not matter. In fact, we always focus on the Bulls here, hence, you know, USF Bulls Unlimited. The show's called Bulls Beat to the point where we sometimes don't think about the other team enough. And I think Memphis, you have to remember, is the defending AAC champion. Last year, when the Bulls turned in what was the biggest upset for a USF team all season, much less in the Warren I-4 when they beat UCF, the top seed, it was Memphis that scooped in, said thank you very much, and we'll take down the Bulls instead of having to worry about UCF. So Memphis, as the four seed, won the tournament last year and got to the NCAA. The difference was that Memphis team was 20-7 and last season. This Tigers squad, which explains why they were nowhere near the top 100, was 4-11 and not too long ago. But you break it down a little bit more. While the Bulls were getting that seven-match winning streak going, there were not any ranked teams in there. Memphis, meanwhile, was losing a bunch of close matches to ranked teams. They got beat by Alabama 4-3, at Ole Miss 5-2. They lost to number 9-ranked Pepperdine, 14th-ranked Iowa State, another top 75 team, Mississippi State. They took two points but lost at Arkansas. Got beat by another top 40 team, Utah. So they were battle-tested, and actually that win Saturday in Tampa was the Memphis Tigers' fourth in a row, even though they got beat Monday in their final tune-up in Orlando against Tulsa. They were a confident team. They rolled Cincinnati in the first match, and they kind of rolled the Bulls yesterday. It would have been a stretch to say that the Bulls could have won, even with Grace Schumacher. She and Sierra Berry, who of course is outstanding, that's your Bulls' number one doubles team, and Memphis rolled 6-1. Still, the Bulls were cruising on the third court with Ireland Simi and Laura Pelissé winning 6-1, but that number two doubles court decided it, where Marta Font and Nadia Christians have been so good, the Spanish duo, they got beat 6-3. to three. So on to singles, and you look at Camila Soros, who's just playing her second match at number one. She had actually lost the first set playing Barry on Saturday and then was ahead of her in the second set. Well, she picked up where she left off. That match didn't conclude because the Tigers had clinched the victory. She won the first set against Barry 6-love. And even though Sierra had a couple of chances to force a third set, didn't happen 6-4. Similar result on the number two court where 
Aran Texedo Garcia, who's mostly been their number one player, took down Schumacher 6364. So on the top courts, namely in doubles and singles, Memphis was superior. And because that was happening, the Bulls were going to have to win all of the other four singles matches. Feel badly for Lyle Pelese, the senior from Spain, put together just a fantastic year, got some big wins for the Bulls during their winning streak. Actually, 12 victories was the most since her AAC freshman of the year, 14 wins back in 2019. Well, she was going to win. She was up 4-2 in the third set when Memphis clinched it on the number five court. Ireland Simi, the promising freshman for the Bulls, close first set and then lost 6-3 in the second. So Simi was going to have to come back and win, and the three matches that were in the third sets were all also going to have to go the Bulls' way. And by the way, they were losing 4-love in the third set on the number four court after Marta Falsetto-Font had forced a third set. And on the number six court, Kleena Walsh, another promising freshman, had forced a third set. So the Bulls were turning it around, but when you fall behind like they did, it's too much to overcome. And again, Credit to Memphis. They actually lost the doubles point to the Bulls on Saturday and still managed to win 4-1. to one. So the Tigers, well, we'll save it for the end of the hour with Around the American, have a very intriguing semifinal today against UCF. The quarterfinals, speaking of intriguing, in the men's tournament, again, 11 on the women's side, so they had that first round. We launch right into the quarterfinals with the men, and there's no gray area here. Just like the women, the Bulls are going to have to win the entire conference championship. They were getting close to the bubble, but a couple of losses late in the regular season. The Bulls come in at 12-12. and 12. It's been an interesting year for Ashley Fisher's bunch because a lot of transfers added to the roster. Eric Avelius, former Georgia Bulldog. Davide Tortora, former Mississippi State Bulldog. Folding in with the holdovers Bruno Oliveira and Alvin Todorica. Of course, the Bulls lost their top two players who decided to transfer elsewhere, so that quickly elevated a couple of youngsters from Australia, Elijah Cham and Thomas Pavlikovich-Smith, into everyday roles on the team. And like the women, they had that one big winning patch that, again, got them in the 40s in the rankings. Mid-40s is the cutoff point slash the bubble, and the Bulls were right there thanks to a five-match winning streak. That saw them at 12-9 and nine at one point. But since then, well, they've lost their last three matches, including a heartbreaker two Fridays ago at home against UCF. And that's the team the Bulls play today. Last year, UCF entered 8-14 and 14 as the fifth seed. The Bulls were the four. Knocked out the Knights. Lost to the top seed, SMU, in the semis, but made the NCAA tournament this year. No doubt the Bulls have to win it all, while UCF has to make the finals. The Knights are right on the NCAA tournament bubble, but they're a game below 500, they're 10 and 11, and to get an at-large, you have to be at least 500, so they have to win twice, a.k.a. make the final. So whoever loses today, their season is over. I guess you can't have much more on the line in the war and I-4. If the Bulls win, they will get likely Tulane. The number two seed is taken on Wichita State this afternoon, and that would be on Saturday at noon. The championship is Sunday also at high noon. Memphis is the top seed. The men's tennis team has won roughly half of the AAC tournaments, including five of the first six, but it has been a couple years since they pulled it off and they'll have to do it again. I had to double check this. I am not shocked that the men's golf team has gone on such a long run of making it to the NCAA tournament, including last year, getting to the last stage in Scottsdale, Arizona. But they have gone every single year since winning the Big East in 2013. Nine straight regionals, the last seven, 
under Coach Steve Bradley. But what I didn't realize is the Bulls actually never made it to the NCAA tournament before that first one in 2013. So a decade of trips, and let's see if they can keep it going. This is a year where they're going to have to win the conference tournament. It's been a while since we've had to say that. They just did not have the results, especially in the fall, to give them a computer ranking that has you comfortable this time of year. No top five finishes until towards the end of the spring. They won an event, but frankly, it was not much of a rankings boost. That was in Pinehurst, North Carolina in mid-March. And then in their regular season finale, they were second at the Wofford Invitational. But again, not a lot of highly ranked teams around them. Well, there's a lot of highly ranked teams around them in the AAC. The Bulls are actually the sixth seed for the event, which concludes on Sunday at the Pelican Golf Club in Bel Air. Starting lineup for the Bulls, Jake Peacock, Shuby Jagalon, Sam Nicholson, Nino Palmquist, and Chase Gullickson. And we said we'd give you the bubble watch for women's golf. Keep an eye on the Big Ten tournament. First of all, what you need is hopefully for the Bulls to hold in their spot. It looks like the 57th spot in the computer rankings is going to be the last team in the field. What can't hurt is if teams that are just ahead of you maybe slip and or teams that are right behind you stay where they are. We told you yesterday to quote-unquote cheer, sounds weird to do, but cheer for UNLV to stay in fifth place in the Mountain West Conference Championship because UNLV was 53rd in the country, Bulls 57, and if you had them finish in fifth place, that means a couple teams that were underneath them, well, finished above them. That knocks your ranking down. That's indeed what happened by one shot. UNLV finished behind Nevada in the Mountain West. But the Big Ten is the big one. Here's why. Three teams on the bubble that are in and around the Bulls. And basically, they need two of them to falter. 14 teams in the Big Ten. Seven of them are in the top 50. And then right on the fringe is Nebraska. Right around the number 50 mark. Right ahead of the Bulls is Illinois. So you need either Nebraska to finish really in the bottom five so they plummet. Illinois to, and this is tricky, finish beneath all of those six ranked teams. And as I'm looking at it, Illinois has started off in the lead, but Nebraska is indeed off to a rough start. So a lot to go on this weekend in the Big Ten. And the other part of that is hope that Minnesota, again, does not rise over the Bulls. And I think if the Gophers just take down, meaning finish ahead of two of those top 50 teams, they'll do it. It'll be nail-biting time, but when Sunday ends, we'll know. I'll make sure we pass that on to you on Monday's show. I'll get the real deal from the coaching staff. Erica Brennan and Dalton Stevens will be watching that Big Ten result like a hawk, and they've got such a good group. Let's hope their season continues into next week. And a warm welcome to the women's basketball team, Romy Levy. She is a transfer, a six foot three player from Auburn, originally from Israel, who missed two seasons ago with an ACL injury last year for the Tigers, averaged seven points and four rebounds, so a solid member of the front court added for the Bulls. That'll do it for Bulls Beat. Talk to you guys this weekend with baseball, and we'll sum it all up for you on Monday's show. I'm Derek Sharp.